the uh, mystery. First one was the mystery of God, and now it's the mystery of the church, and now it's the mystery of iniquity, meaning, you know, why is bad things happening? What, what's going on? And, and I think we've made a lot of progress. This might, I think this will be the last Sunday school of that, and next Sunday we're going to start something newer, which is all on the same, same page. We read Proverbs chapter 3, and we read Proverbs chapter 25, verse 4, and I want you to turn with me, if you would please, to Isaiah 48. In Isaiah 48, and then we're going to go to Zechariah 13. And I just want to talk to you exactly about what's going on in your life, what's going on, and why it's going on. The Bible gives us, I love the Word of God, the Bible teaches us and explains everything. We don't know what's happening in our lives, and then we, we read the Bible verse, and we're like, oh, this is what it is. The Bible tells us in Romans 8:28, for we know, and you need to know, that all things work together for good to those, but not to everyone. We know that all things are working together for good. So whatever you're going through right now, no matter whatever it is, God loves you. And if you love him, if you love him, the Bible says, for we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. And those that are called according to what? His purpose. God has a purpose. Amen. God just doesn't milly vanilly just do things. Everything he does is planned. Everything he does has a purpose. Do you understand that? We are the, in the greatest position in all the world to be part of God's plan. God had a plan. He planned it. He's going to have what he wanted. He's going to have what he's said he's going to have. We are allowed to enter into that with him and have what he's going to have at the end too. But it's only for those that love him. And it says we know that it, it, if anything bad's going on in your life, anything's horrible is happening, anything's heartbreaking, anything's crushing you, I want you to know that if you love the Lord, that God's in control. It isn't that this is happening for no reason. He's doing something in you. He's doing something. I don't want to use old cliches, but you know how a diamond's made. It's made under great pressure. Amen? And that's how we are. We are the diamonds in the rough. God saw something, and he's working away. He's chiseling away. He's, he's burning away. He's working inside of us to do what? To get rid of all the wicked sin, bad things in our lives, to make us pure, holy, like him. Some of us, in our, in our own minds, say, well, then, I'm already there. Or someone might think, he's only got a little work to do on me. And some of us might know, I'm a really bad piece of coal. I need a lot of hammering and chiseling, eh? But you got to do what you got to do and say, Lord, your will, not mine. And let God have his way and will with our lives. It tells us in, in Isaiah 48, in verse 10, it says, this to, it says this. It says, Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. God chooses you, he chooses to, to, to call you, he chooses to choose you, if you will. He chooses to put you in the furnace of affliction. Why in the world would God have thought he loved me? He did it for many, many reasons, but it tells us in verse 11, for my own sake. He's, he's taken you out of the, the miry pit, so to speak, and he's put you in the furnaces, so to speak. And he's doing it for purposes that it says it's his own purpose. He has a purpose for you. And just let God do what God's going to do. Because when you come out of whatever you're going through, you're going to be much better. It says, for my own sake, for my own will, will I do it. For how should, listen to what he said, for how should my name be polluted? What is your name? What are you called? You're called Christians. You have the name of Christ on you. Think about that. 
You have the name of Christ on you. So he said, how shall I let my name be polluted? If you call yourself a Christian, he's not going to let you be filthy. He's not going to let you stay dirty. He's not going to let your mind run wild. He's not going to allow it to happen. He's gonna, how's he going to do it? He's going to put you in the furnace of affliction. And that's what he's going to do. And that's how he works. He's not there to crush you. He's not there to hurt you. He's not there to, to mess you up. He's there to refine you. Amen. And that's what it's going to happen the rest of your life. And I thank God for it. When I'm not being refined, when I'm not being under conviction, I get worried. And I fall on my face, and I'll tell you why. Because the Bible says that it's the refiner's fire that does it. The fire is the Holy Spirit of God given to us. He comes as a fire. It says, for my own sake, even for my own sake will I do it. For how should my name be polluted? I will not give my glory. I will not give my glory to some wicked, no good sinner. I will not give my glory to some, some person that's taken the name of Jesus and the blood of Christ and trampling it underfoot. I want you to think about that. Look in Zechariah chapter 13 with me. Zechariah chapter 13. Then we're going to Zechariah. I mean, Jeremiah. I'm sorry, 17. But in Zechariah, Zechariah 13 verse 9, the ver last verse in the chapter, it says, And I will bring the third part through the fire, and I will refine them as silver is refined, and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name. And I will hear them. I will say, God now is not ashamed to call you brethren. I will say, it's my people. And they shall say, the Lord is my God. Amen. And that only can happen when, he, when you allow the fire of God, the Holy Spirit, to work in your life. No one, I don't care who you are, no one will choose affliction. No one will say, put it on me. No one's going to say, let my heart be broken. No one's going to say that. Everyone, and including myself, I ask God, God bless me. God fill me with, make me fruitful, make me a blessing to others. And God seeing me, and he'll, he knows more than I do or any of us, and he'll say, Lord, uh, he'll say, Michael, I want to do that, but I can't make you a blessing until you get some things out of your life. I want you to to be everything I want you to be. And if I'll allow him, and I will, and I do, he's going to put me through some fires. Amen? And the same thing with you. Look, if you would, in Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. Verse 10. He says, I, the Lord, search the heart. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever think about God searching your heart? You ever think about it, Steve, you have? Do you ever honestly and earnestly, do you ever pray? Do you ever ask God for some things? If you're anywhere in the ministry, these men, these four men here have a ministry. They don't sing around here for their pleasure. They don't leave their church, their homes, their families really early in the morning, drive over an hour to get here and set up to sing a couple songs for them to get money because we're poor. They're not doing it for money. They're not doing it for clapping. They're not doing it for, for, for any kind of thing that you could ever give them. They're doing it for one reason and one reason only because it's a ministry. And they've been called into the ministry. Pastors, evangelists, teachers. And they're got, brought together and God's given them gifts to be a blessing to the church. How can they be used of God if they have sin and wickedness in their life? Now, God will you, let their talents that they have can still be used, but not with the power of the Holy Ghost. And so God says this. Well, the Bible says, search my heart, God. And he says, try me. Try my reins. Look in my, in my inner being. 
Give to every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. If God gave you the fruit of your doings inside your heart, what's going on in your mind? What's happening in your heart? This is where the rubber meets the road in Christianity. This is where God separates the babes from mature Christians. You understand? Is when uh, uh, they understand and God is speaking and trying to not just fix the outward things. He's trying to truly work on the inward things that no one else sees, no one else knows, but you do. And matter of fact, unfortunately, we don't even know it. We're just going along doing what we're used to doing, thinking we're okay. I'm going to church now. That I, I must be a good person. I, I'm not doing the things I used to do. I'm getting better. Hallelujah. But look what he said in verse, look what he said in, in verse 9. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? You can't know your own heart. You know why? Because your heart will lie to you. Your heart will say, no, I did that for the right reason. You know how many people have done something good for the wrong reason? Now, to you, it's a good reason. Everyone else, it's a good reason. Even the person you helped was a good reason. They love it. But deep inside here, God sees the real intents. That's why it says the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing dividing asunder soul, spirit, joint and marrow. It separates your body from your thoughts. It separates your body from your intents. And so therefore not your body might do something that looks good, but God looks deeper and he looks on why you did it. We don't look that deep on us. We just did it. That's a good thing. I helped them out. You know, somebody asked me for 20 bucks. I was like, all right, I gave him 20 bucks. And God said, that was nice, you gave him 20 bucks, but let's look deeper. It, you didn't want to give him 20 bucks. You weren't happy about it. You were grumbling. You called him a loser in your head. I know, I, God's there. You, can, you know what I mean? Like, you're, yeah, here you go. Sure, God bless you. And you're like thinking, what a bomb, man. God, God, you know? God hears your thoughts. He knows what you're thinking. Do you, are you with me? See, and this is where the Holy Spirit comes in and goes, he sees your thoughts. He tries your heart. So even though you're doing good things, he sees the intents of why you're doing it. And the whole purpose of the Holy Spirit is to burn that dross away so that you can see why you do things. And just because you see them and just because you know that you're not doing it for the right reason doesn't mean that you fix it. But that's the only way you can start to fix it is you've got to know the problem. And I want you to turn with me, if you would, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And this is where we're going to be starting. And while you're going there, in Malachi, you don't have to turn there, but in Malachi chapter 3, verse 2 and 3, it says, but who may abide in the day of his coming? Who's going to be able to stand before the Lord? You ever hear the word upright? God says, I want you to be up, stand upright before me when I come. You have to be able to stand before the Lord upright. Now, we do it with a purpose of, it's right, I, I, I do, I'm good, I know I am, I'm all right. And God's going to show us that we're not all right. God's going to show us that we are not all right at all. Because it's in our hearts, the real you, the real intense. And that's the thing that scares me, because my heart's deceitful. Above all things, it's desperate, desperately wicked. Are you serious? And God's like, yeah, Mike. Like, you can see it. And you know what? That's why I ask God in the prayer, God, try my heart. Look in my reins. See if there be any evil way in me. See, let me know it, Lord, because 
I know if I'm not told and I'm not corrected, I'm going to continue in that way and thinking I'm a good person. And that's how we get prideful pastors. And that's how we get prideful people because they're doing good works on the outside. But on the inside, it's for their own gain. It's for their own, you know, uh, accolades. It's for their own. That's why Jesus said when you're praying, don't go into like the, like the Pharisees do in the marketplaces and pray with these long prayers that everybody go, wow, look how spiritual they are. You know what Jesus said? You, they have their reward. But when you pray, go in your closet where no one sees it but God. He said, don't even let your right hand know what your left hand's doing when you're giving. Just do it. For God loves a cheerful giver. That's tough. We got to get my heart right to be able to do that. You know why? Because the love of money is the root of all evil. So if God has your heart, he's got your money. The problem is, what do you say? Don't give your money grudgingly or of necessity. But God loves a cheerful giver. Just give it because why not? Who gave it to you anyway? God. Just give it, uh, listen, I'm not saying be frivolous and stupid, but I am saying that it's never going to hurt you giving away some money. You know why? Because you've done it, you've had money in the past, and it was gone. And I'd rather give my money to someone that needs it than giving it to Wawa, Walmart, and everything else. And so God's looking at, so even when you do good, evil's present there. And I want God to reveal it. And it says in in Malachi chapter 3, it says, But who will abide in the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appears? For he's like a refiner's fire and a fuller's soap. He shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. We offer things to God. Like right now, you're here in, in church on a Sunday at 10 o'clock, where you should be. Amen. And that's a good thing. But how many people aren't happy about doing it? How many people are like, oh, man, I can't wait this is over and go home? See, God sees those attitudes. He sees the intents of your heart. Why would he bless you, even though he's already blessed you? My point is, is I want to be real. Not on the outside, but all the way through into the inside. When I say I love you, I want to mean it. When I say I, I'll give God my heart, I want to mean it. When I say that I am crucified with Christ, I want to mean it. Not just words. Not this cliches that sound good. I don't want to just put on a suit and read my King James Bible and everybody think, wow, he's a good guy. Because I know, me, that, that I want to do things for me. I want to do them for me. And God's like, Mike, you got a lot to learn. Did Jesus do things for him? That's what we're going to see. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. This is my, one of my favorite books in the, in the New Testament. Only In chapters, I mean chapters. I love this chapter. It teaches me so much. In verse 1, are you there? It says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes. He's talking to his church that he led to the Lord. He baptized them, or they got baptized. They're church members, and they're in church. And he said, and he said okay, it's time for you to grow up. It's time for, you, for me to get deeper with you. You got rid of your drinking and your cursing and your idol worshiping, and that's good. But there's a whole lot more that needs to go on inside of our church members. Amen? Inside of us. And he said, I wanted to talk to you and lay some heavy stuff on you. And look in verse 2. I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hither too you're not able to bear it neither yet now are you able please don't let that be us today don't let it be us that we're not even able to take it you know i preached a little message on i think it was wednesday night 
Thanks, Tony. He even knows what I'm talking about. Good job, Tony. I, I, I talked about, um, about um, uh, your garments, about clothing. I can't remember the whole thing. But I knew that it was going to step on some people's toes. Because people, there's a lot of people out there that have been deceived and lied to that think it doesn't matter what you wear. I'll tell you why it matters, right? Because the very first thing that people see when they see you is what you're wearing. That's your first impression. Does it mean that you're not a good person? No. But that's their first impression. Do you understand? And so therefore, how you dress kind of shows the kind of person you are. And that's what fashion is. I want to dress this way so people all know I associate with that kind of crowd. And I want to dress this way so people know I associate with that crowd. And even when you get suits and ties, you can be all prideful and associate with a bunch of, oh, that's right, I wear my suit, I wear my tie, you don't. You know what I mean? We look down on others. We got a lot of work to do inside of us. And look what he said. He said, I, I have fed you with, meat, with milk and not with meat. Hitherto you're not able to bear it, and neither yet now are you. He says, for you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you, and he gives us these three things, envying, strife, and divisions. And that's exactly what we have in every church in the world. Envyings. People envy the pastor. People envy the, the piano player. People envy the deacon. People envy the guy who gets to teach. The guy who gets to pray. The guy who comes up. They envy. They have that in us. Whether it be strong envy or a little envy. It's still envy. Can I get an amen? And it's something we have to work on. And, and, he, and he, he doesn't stop there, but he says strife. You know what strife is? There's too many people in the church striving against each other. We're all, we're supposed to be in one, one mind and one accord and have unity in the spirit. How can I have unity with someone if I don't like them? How can I have unity with someone if I think that what they're saying and doing is bugging me? So we got work to do. Can I get an amen? And, and the third thing, it says divisions. Oh my goodness. You guys have been saved for a long time. Delmer, how long have you been saved? 300 and what? 60 years. That's a long time. Considering you're only 52, but that is a long time. But in those 60 some years, you've been in how many churches have you been in? Right. You've seen a lot of divisions, haven't you? They stick with this group. They stick with that group. We're with this crowd. We're with that crowd. We don't do this. So they're, and they do that. So we don't. We don't listen to that kind of music. These guys' music, there's a lot of churches wouldn't even let them come in to church. Churches that believe exactly the way we believe would not let them come in in church because they're too, they're too worldly. You know it's true. I had Brian Free and Assurance come in, and I was afraid, scared to death of all what my brethren would say. Seriously, I was scared. Oh, no. I like Brian Free and Assurance. I like you guys. I like a lot of music, right? There's music that I listen to at home that I won't have playing the church. But I mean, there's music that I know is edifying to the church and it's good. And that's why we, when we had Brian Freeman's church, we had a concert outside on a Friday. It wasn't church. It was a good old fashioned, have a good time. Amen. You guys are more, I, I'm totally, I feel so comfortable you come singing in church. And you know what happens is I, because, the reason as a pastor, I start to like, oh no, can I do that? Can I say that? Because I'm afraid of what someone might think. And it's a shame, isn't it, that someone actually has to think something? Why does something, somebody, anybody in the church have to have envies, strives, or divisions? That's it. They don't, I don't, listen, I don't believe in any other Bible except the King James Bible. But I'm not going to say st stupid things that I heard people say, you can't get saved out of another Bible. How dumb that is. And if you don't, if somebody quotes a, a verse out of another Bible, it's not exactly King James, they 
excommunicate that person. Come on. Are you serious? Is that what Jesus would do? Of course not. And so, therefore, there's a lot of that in the church. And that's what we're talking to. Look what it says in verse 4. It says, for while one says, I'm of Paul, and, I, and another says, I'm of Apollos, and you not, uh, 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 are you not carnal? Who then is Paul? Who's Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave every man. I planted, Apollos watered, but it's God that gives the increase. So then neither is he that plants anything, neither is he that waters, but it's God. God's something, amen? It's all God. It has nothing to do, you know, and I'm, I'm talking a little out of turn right here. But uh, coming from someone, I went to Bible college, but I didn't even go to these big Bible colleges that go, people go to when they're young. I was old when I got sa- older when I got saved, and I went to Bible college at night, three out, four hours a night to get my degree. But the thing is, is these young, youngsters that come out of you know, the co- school, high school, and they go to this college, and they're indoctrinated by what their college teaches and what their college believes and what their professors teach them and what that pa- And then they come out, and, pro- and that's all they believe is what they were told. I'm, thank goodness, goodness I'm not a cookie-cutter Christian. Because I don't care what you think. I don't care what you, you know what I'm saying. Take what, I don't care what you teach. I don't care what you think. I don't care what your belief is. I care what God teaches and what God believes. And that's what I got to stand on that and let the Holy Spirit, let's keep going. I'm getting too late. It says in verse 8, now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. Every man, now please pay attention because this is the, 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 what he's trying to say is the meat and the potatoes of what the rest is going to say. Every man shall receive of his own reward according to his own labor. Everyone's going to stand before the Lord. And the Bible said, who can stand upright before God in the day of judgment? Who's going to be able to stand and know that what you did or what you tried was of God and not yourself? Because no one's going to stand in their own righteousness. No one's going to stand doing what, I don't care if you're the greatest preacher of all time. You won millions of souls, started a million churches. I don't care if you did it for the wrong reason. It's not going to fly with God. Look what it says. It says verse 9, for we are laborers together with God. With who? We're laborers together with who? God. We're not laborers together with, with New Liberty Baptist Church or Nottingham Missionary Church. Is that your church? or this church, or that church. We are laborers together with God. It's not about what their church does, and we should do what they do, and we shouldn't do what they It's about what God, amen? Can I get an amen? And it says, look what it says, verse 10. This is where I want you to see where we're going we're gonna to build on this for the next couple of weeks. According to the grace of God, which has given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds thereon. But let every man take heed how he builds thereupon. So he's telling us you better pay attention what's going to be said because the Holy Spirit of God wants you to realize some things that no matter what you do for God, no matter how good you are for God, no matter how many good works you do for God, if it's not done in the right heart and manner, it's not going to count at all for anything. Look what it says. Verse 11, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is, say it with me, Jesus Christ. He built the foundation. He laid the foundation, the apostles, amen, that it is Jesus Christ that we stand on. It is Jesus Christ that we build on. It is Jesus Christ whom we are called by. We're called by his name, amen? It is Jesus Christ. We have to call on his name for salvation. It is Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. It's not God the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. It's Jesus Christ, even though they're all three one. 
It's Jesus that did the work. It's Jesus that came from heaven. It's Jesus that was born in the virgin. It was Jesus that had to live a, a, a sinless, perfect life in a human form. It's Jesus that walked on water. It's Jesus that raised the dead. It's Jesus that, that cast out the devils. And it was Jesus that took the stripes upon his back for you. It was Jesus that took the nails on the cross. It was Jesus who died. Jesus who went to hell. And it was Jesus who rose again. And it's Jesus that sits supreme in heaven. And it's Jesus that's coming back. For us. So we need to build on Jesus. Nothing else. So think about that as we move on. Building on. Take heed how you build thereon. Because what I'm supposed to be doing and you're supposed to be doing is building on what Jesus has already started. Building what he has already done. How he did it. We're building on that. See, we don't say, okay, Jesus Christ, now I'm going to start building the way I like it. People think just because they have Jesus, that that's the, and they're building on it. No, they're building their own kingdoms. They're building their own empires. They're building their own church. They're building their own congregation. They're building their own singers. They're building their own home. And they're doing it. And they're doing it because it's what they think and how they think. Even on the outside, it might look good. But on the inside, they're doing it. Are they doing it the way Jesus has already started and established it? We have to build on that. Amen? Look what it says. It says in verse 12, Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. What does manifest mean? Revealed. It says, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it. Because it shall be revealed by, say it church, fire. And the fire shall try, test, burn up every man's work of what sort it is. He's talking to the church. He's saying everyone is going to, the foundation is laid already. No one can lay it. It's Jesus. Can I get an amen? Now we as his, as his workers together are supposed to build upon what he's already started. Amen. He builds, but, but think about this. So therefore, every single person that's doing what they think they're doing for Jesus, for the God, for the church, or whatever you want to say, all of it's going to be revealed why you did it and what you did it. And he goes on to say this, verse 14. If any man's work abide, which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Please don't ever think that you do something for no reward. Because God talks about your reward so bad. You know why? Because he wants to reward you. He cannot wait to the day. He cannot wait for the hour. He cannot wait for the time where he stands before you and all of heaven and all of earth and all of every power that is and says, well done, my faithful servant. Well done. I have a crown for you. I have rewards for you. I have this for you. I'm going to give, as God, the Father has given me all glory and power, so now I give you glory and power. He can't wait for that day. It's going to make him happy. Just like a father would his son or his daughter that has done something wonderful and they get their diploma or they get this. You're, you're proud of them. You're like, that's my girl. That's my son. That, and yet, as a parent, is like, yeah, that's what he's waiting for. So therefore, he doesn't want the hour to come and you stand before you and you come up, man, I, I was a pastor of the church for 42 years. I won countless souls to the Lord. I did this. I built that. And you stand before the Lord and everything he did gets burned up. What? 
because you didn't do it with gold or with silver or with precious stones. You used earthly stuff, which is wood and hay and stubble. And I've taught this years ago, and it's time to come back into it today. And we're, uh, coming up the weeks ahead, we're going to look deeply into the gold, the silver, the precious stones, and deeply into the wood, the hay, and the stubble. Because the Holy Spirit of God is the fire. Let's keep reading because I see I'm almost out of time. It says in verse 14, If any man's work abide which he has built upon, he shall receive a reward. Thank you, Jesus. But if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer a loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know you not that you are the temple of God? And that the who? Who is it? The Spirit of God does what? Dwells in you. That's the gold. That is the purity. That is the holiness. That is the real deal. The real thing is when I receive Jesus Christ, he really came in. Amen. And he lives inside of me. And that's why I go to heaven. That's why I'm, God's going to accept me because I got Jesus. Amen. So even if I don't do one thing for God, but I got Jesus, everything I do is going to be burned up, but I'll be saved. And I'll be a pauper in heaven. And I'll be walking around with no glory, no power, no authority. And everyone else is going to look at you and go, what in the world happened to you? How did you not receive any crowns? How did you not receive any? And that's what he said, take heed, brethren, how you build. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to take heed how we're building our lives. Look what it says in, in, in verse uh, 18. It says, let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seems to be wise in this world... Let him become a fool that he may be wise. And I want you to realize the gold, silver, and precious stones, what I want to talk about, I don't have time, but in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, I think we have time for that, maybe one or two verses. Matthew 3, verse 11, Mark 9, 49. Matthew 3, verse 11, this is what it's about. I want you to think about this, leave you with this thought. They, uh, uh, John the Baptist is is preaching, teaching, and he's telling people, and he says this in verse 11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. Look what he says. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I. Look what he says. Whose shoes I'm not even worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with what? Fire. Holy Ghost and with what? Fire. That's exactly what you have inside of each and every born again son of child of God. The fire of the Holy Spirit. And that fire is put in you for many reasons. And one of it is, is to burn up the chaff. Burn up the, the strife. Burn up the envyings and divisions. And burn up all the deceitfulness of the heart. And burn it up. Burn it up. And that fire has got to reveal. And that fire is going to work in you. And that fire is going to get you, I pray even today, get you fired up. Amen. Because the more you get revival. And the more you get uh, the fires of God burning inside of you. The more that Holy Spirit of God is going to want you to do right. Want you to get holy. Want you to get right. You're going to hit the altars. You're going to pray. Because the Holy Spirit of God is going to reveal things in your life. They're going to burn things up. And you're going to be like, oh my goodness. All that that I was doing. I was really doing it for the wrong reason. I was doing it for myself. I'm selfish. I was helping that person in, in just in hopes that he would help me give me something. See, all these things and these intricate little, little pieces of our heart, the Holy Spirit will reveal to us. And he wants to burn it up, amen, so that we can do the things for the right reasons. So that when we do stand before God, the Holy Spirit, we let him work in us. We let him lead us. We let him teach us. We let him convict us. Can I say amen to that? And therefore, when we stand before the Lord, we will have more gold, silver, and precious stone than we do wood, hay, and stubble. 
I'm out of time. I just want to let you know. Mark chapter uh, 9, verse 49 says this. For everyone shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Salt is good, you listening? But if the salt is lost its saltiness, wherewith will it be seasoned? Have salt in yourself and have peace with one another. If the salt loses its flavor, its seasoning, what good is it? It's good for nothing. If the fire is put out and quenched, what good is the fire? So today, when these wonderful friends of mine, my brothers in the Lord, servants of the Most High God, sent here by God to, to kindle a fire inside of you. Don't dampen it. Don't water it down. Let it burn. And get the fires of God burn up in you and fill it up in you. And let the Holy Spirit of God have his way. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God in heaven, our Father, we give thanks to you for all things. You are awesome and amazing. We thank you and we praise you for the good and we thank you and praise you for the bad. We thank you for the blessings and we thank you, Lord God, for those things that you've taken from us. But Lord, we trust in you and our faith is in you. And we ask for thy spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, to not just come in and seal us, but to come in and fill us, to burn away the chaff, to burn away those things that offend, to burn away the pride and the arrogancy and the selfishness. Burn it away, O Lord, and let us see ourselves as we really are. And help us, I pray, to to repent and to receive the things of God freely given given to us and help us to be more like you. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right.